Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Thursday Thoughts. I hope this podcast finds you well, and I hope you're all having a great and wonderful week. Um, again, I hope these podcasts can continue to be a uplift to your spiritual life and just maybe give you some practical advice in your life as well. Um, as I've said, this new season of Thursday Thoughts, I'm wanting to specifically talk about discipleship and how to be a follower of Christ, right? To truly live and follow Him and as Jesus tells us, right, the to deny myself and pick up my cross daily and follow Him. That's what we're going to be talking about on this new season and different ways in which we do that and how we do that and where we start. And um, on that thought again, um, if you guys ever have any recommendations or any specific discipleship topic for this season or, you know, maybe how do I get through this or how do I get through that, you know, please reach out to me. Um, I'm going to put my email in the show notes so you can just look at the description of the show and you'll be able to see my email there and you can reach out to me. Well, that being said, today I wanted to talk about starting where you are, starting where you are. Um, being a Christian and being a disciple and following Christ isn't always easy. And I think that is the first thing we need to point out when we are beginning this conversation of starting where you are. Um, specifically, what I'm wanting to talk about is the different trials and tribulations we face and how we are still called to serve through those. Um and it's not that, you know, I'm not trying to downplay anything. Actually, I'm going to be doing the opposite of downplaying our trials and tribulations. But we are still called to be faithful and to serve through the things that bother us and how to be faithful Christians. And it doesn't diminish maybe what you're going through, but it is a way for you to get through it kind of thing. So... Today, specifically, I want to talk about something that, you know, it's a big topic in today's culture. You know, right now, I've started some grad work in um, counseling-type classes. Uh, my master's is actually called Human Services, but the degree I'm going for. But it's still, you know, it's counseling-based classes like therapy stuff, human development, you know, counseling techniques, all that kind of stuff. And so what we're going to talk about today is definitely at the center of, of a lot of the conversations in these counseling classes. And so today what I want to talk about spe specifically is like, um, you know, anxiety and depression or something like that, you know, or maybe it's just anxiety, maybe it's just depression. Maybe you've never felt these feelings before. Maybe you feel them every day. You know, I don't know uh, where you are, where you stand, but I believe that what we're going to talk about today can, it's not going to magically make it all go away because I think that's an unrealistic way to look at it. But it can give you the tools, I think, on how to cope and how to continue to move forward where you don't have to feel stuck. So, let's get started. Um, I've heard Christian counselors use this verse a lot about getting over, quote-unquote, their anxiety and depression, or people are trying to help clients get over their anxiety and depression. First Timothy 
6.12 says, Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called. Now, I'm not saying that it's not a good verse to use, right, to realize who you are and where who you're supposed to be kind of thing. But the way sometimes we use this verse, at least specifically the way I've heard people use this verse, sometimes it can be a bit negative to someone who's going through something like anxiety and depression. So, when someone uses this fight the good fight scripture to motivate someone experiencing mental and emotional pain, it comes across as you're failing against the enemy. So, fight to get God's blessing to make all this go away, to fix you. It also has this subtle feeling that they have to keep fighting to keep the enemy at bay and or fight for personal breakthrough. And overall, it implies you do your, you do your part and God will do his. You see, clinical research shows that people living with anxiety and or uh, depression have an overactive um, amygdala. Your amygdala is this like the threat center of the brain, right? It's like this fight or flight part of your brain. And so in prolonged states, this disrupts the brain's ability to process thoughts and balance moods. Staying stuck in this fight, flight, or freeze mode, it leads to physical fatigue. So sometimes whenever we in the church, when we counsel people to keep fighting the good fight, is re-triggering the amygdala to stay in high alert. And it increases more stressful thinking, the ongoing moral and spiritual guilt to find the cause of whether they're being sinful, unfaithful to God, and they start questioning their salvation, then it's trying to find the right spiritual fix formula to first get right with God, and if it's enough, second, then God will release the blessing to remove the pain. When in reality, that's not how it works at all. Right, just because we go through stuff, just because we go through trials and tribulations, that doesn't mean that we're sinning and we have to keep fighting to uh, keep our salvation intact. That's not how that works. I mean, I think of Paul. Uh, actually, I don't want to jump ahead. We're going to talk about Paul a little bit later. But I think of Jesus in the wilderness in uh, Matthew chapter 4, right? Right after his baptism, he's been in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights, and the devil comes to him and starts tempting him. It's not because Jesus has sinned or is in a bad place. Uh, it's just because we live in a and we live in a fallen, broken world, and sin and temptation tries to take us. But the thing is, is this way of thinking sometimes that we try to get people to see it causes adrenaline to be so high in this effort that you know they may experience relief for a moment, but it quickly returns with disappointment. And then after seeing no results, the questions end up being things like, I'm doing everything I can, God, where are you? Or, God, why are you so silent? What am I doing wrong? Or, God, why are you not helping me? God, please. Faith feels dim and completely exhausting. That's from this approach. You know, sometimes sometimes at the church we focus so much on that you shouldn't feel this way or that you should be better than your anxiety and depression, and, you know, if you were a real Christian, you wouldn't feel that way. But that's just not true. I just don't think that's true. So there's another more positive way to look at this and find comfort and actually experience more relieving hope if you've ever struggled with anxiety and depression. 
You see, faith is not motivated by behavior. It's inspired by belonging, reinforcing you know, it's our job as Christians, and when we're helping people with anxiety and depression, maybe you today who are listening, maybe you are struggling with anxiety and depression. You have to remember that the grace of belonging in Christ inspires change versus the spiritual fighting to get more blessing. You know, belonging to Christ, belonging to Christ is what changes us, not having to continually fight for approval because once you're in Christ you're already his he loves you the way you are you know for someone struggling with depression anxiety or other challenges this mindset of fighting to get God's blessings for personal breakthrough or to keep the enemy at bay leans more towards behavior reward blessings as opposed to a healthier view which is the more biblical view of belonging inspires behavior or already blessed people you see as christians we already belong we're already blessed you see when we face challenges like depression anxiety or any mental or emotional challenges we will naturally start to question ourselves god others and introspectively look for what's wrong however our identity in and with christ is not a behavior issue it's always on the basis of our of our relationship with and in Jesus. Our constant belonging and connectedness to Jesus, no matter our condition, period. You see, God's unconditional love gives, a, gives us an unconditional identity in Him, no matter the condition, period. You see, I think about um, when people we love suffer. When people we love suffer, when people we love suffer, how does it make us react? I think of a parent. Uh, whenever a little toddler, when a family has, you know, a two or three year old child, a little toddler, and, you know, when they just get tall enough to where their head is like the perfect size as the edge of the table, and they walk and they're like running around and then they hit the edge of the table and they donk their head real good, then they fall and they start crying, the parents rush over to the child, right? The parents rush over to rush over to the child and they they hold him or her and comfort him or her and give them all their love and support and help them feel safe and secure and that everything's going to be okay. Why would God be any different whenever we struggle and whenever we're in pain? Whenever we're struggling with our anxiety and depression or maybe we're struggling to um, we're struggling with just maybe some type of spiritual sin. Maybe we're struggling with, um, maybe I don't like the way my body looks. Maybe I don't like this. Maybe I don't like that. Or, and, and I'm struggling and I'm in pain, whether it's physically, emotionally, or spiritually. Why would God react any different than our parents do? If anything, God is our spiritual father, right? That's why we call him Father God. God reacts the same way. If you remember the story of the prodigal son, when the son comes home, the old man, the dad in that story represents God, and what does God do as soon as he sees the son coming home? He runs to him and gives him his inheritance back, basically. That's what God does for us. God runs after us. So when, we're, so when you're struggling with anxiety or depression or whatever other trial and tribulation you could be going through, 
your identity is still in Christ. Despite that, you don't have to do anything to feel more loved by Him or anything because God loves you the way you are. God wants you to hold to Him through the trials and tribulations because He's the only thing that can get you through. I think of, uh, we're going to look at two verses in Psalm 40. Psalm 40.11 says, As for you, O Lord, you will not restrain your mercy from me. Your steadfast love and your faithfulness will ever preserve me. Psalm 40.17, a few verses later, says, As for me, I am poor and needy, but the Lord takes thought for me. You are my help and my deliverer. Do not delay, O my God. So we see there in those two verses in Psalm 40 that God will be there. God's steadfast love and faithfulness will preserve you. We are poor and needy, but the Lord takes thought of us. He thinks about us. He's our helper and deliverer, and he will not delay. So despite whatever it is that we're going through, God will be there if we just seek him. I will say it's not, you know, even despite our trials and tribulations, we still have to seek after him in that relationship, right? As we said, our our identity with Christ isn't a behavior issue. It's always on the basis of our relationship with Jesus. So long as we're trying to pursue a healthy spiritual relationship with Jesus, then our connectedness and belongingness will be certain, no matter the condition, period. That's what we said. And that's, that's that will always be the case. Paul is reminding us in Colossians that we have a whole new identity. A new humanity, always full of grace, not weakness. You see, Colossians 2, uh, 9 and 10 says, For in him the the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. Of all rule and authority. And then the next chapter over in Colossians 3, 9 and 10 Paul writes, Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. You see, sadly, sometimes we teach, we teach that, you know, the reason sometimes that people are going through stuff, it's because they're allowing the devil into their life or that sin's overtaking them. When that's not always the case, a lot of times whenever you're doing really good, that's whenever the devil's trying to get at you. And it doesn't mean you're doing bad. It just means that the devil's trying to persecute you and he's trying to make you fall. And so we have to stand strong. And you know, a lot of times we think that because maybe I'm struggling with anxiety, depression, or something else, it just means I'm not where I need to be. But that's not the case. And that's what this main, that's what I mostly want this podcast episode to be about is that when we go through these trials and these tribulations, it's not necessarily because you aren't doing the right things. It's just we live in a fallen, broken world, which creates some of these problems. Sin and death have entered the world, and therefore we live in the consequences of that broken world. But our identity in Christ, right? What we read in Colossians 3, we are constantly being renewed by the knowledge of our Creator. And it's a constant process. It's not just a one and done thing. We're constantly being renewed by Christ. And our identity in Christ is what can help us get over these trials and tribulations. You know, because of this, we can 
fight to stay focused on the eternal security we already have, even in anxiety, depression, or any other challenge, right? Because of this hope of being in Christ. We know uh, 1 John 5.13, um, John writes, you know, the whole at the end of his letter of 1 John, he says, you know, you know, I've written all these things so that you may know, so that you may know the eternal life that is in you, so that we can know. And that's why we can fight to stay focused on the eternal security we already have, even through depression, anxiety, and any other challenge. See, it's not a works fight, it's a focus fight. Because a great identity value focus always leads to new ways of living, not vice versa. You see, Paul follows up the call to fight the good fight by saying, take hold of the eternal life to which you were called. This means your true identity and grace is in Christ already, and it's already within reach and always will be for any journey, condition, or circumstance. So fight the good fight really means you're already interconnected and lovingly secure in Christ. Don't give up or give in to anything contrary to what Christ has already fulfilled in you. Despite the condition, depression, anxiety, or any other challenges, take hold of or focus on what you do have and rest in your new creation reality, that you are a new creation in Christ. Create life around that, not working to try to get it as if it were far off. Create life around what you have, and that will help you through the trials and tribulations. God will help you, but it's realizing where you are. We're in a wholeness journey, not a brokenness one. You see, brokenness, a brokenness mindset, a brokenness mindset only begets more brokenness that leads to learned helplessness. However, a wholeness mindset will beget more wholeness that leads to learned hopefulness. When the devil approached Jesus in the wilderness, right, he tried to tempt Jesus by questioning his identity in relation to his pain. Right, Jesus tempted him with, right, the questions were related to testing Jesus' identity in order to create fear, right, tempting Jesus to prove himself and even give up his identity for earthly glories, right, tempted him with bread, with power, and with comfort and his identity. That's how the devil tried to tempt him. And that's the same way he tempts us. He gets us to focus on my, de- my, my identity is in this anxiety and depression when no, your reality is in Christ. Despite these other trials and tribulations. Those are just some things that come with the ride, but your identity is in Christ and Christ will get you through. Just like Jesus knew his identity was in the Father and that's what got him through those trials and tribulations. When you get a cold, it affects your daily life, right? It makes you feel miserable. It slows you down, but it doesn't change who you are, right? You know it's a condition. It takes simple rest, healthy options, and time to get better. We know that mental health difficulties are not comparable to a cold or even on the same pain level, but the same principles can be applied. One, endure the hardship and fight the good fight by accepting how depression, anxiety, or any other mental health challenge affects you. Acceptance does not equal spiritual failure or that depression, anxiety, or other disorders is your identity. Accepting means that it is a condition affecting you. Practically, these conditions impact you physically and mentally and emotionally. 
and then you need ways to rest, a slower pace to regain strength. Use healthy bodily tools, maybe body, your body, your brain, emotions, and allow and just allow time, not a deadline of breakthrough. Christ is in you. He is not distant from you in the journey. You are enough, and that's what it means to lack nothing in Christ. The Word of God is holding you more than you were trying to hold Him. So the second thing is just fight the good fight, knowing that and resting in the truth, Jesus is holding you more than you were trying to hold Him. I think of... Colossians Colossians chapter 1, you know, we've been in the book of Colossians. Colossians chapter 1, verse 17. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Right? We are in Christ. With this new, secure perspective, your prayers or Bible reading doesn't have to be about striving to achieve more blessings or for God to heal you and make you better and break through. Instead, it can be a healthy discovery of your wholeness, of grace and fellowship of God with you, not apart from you. Learn to delight in this wholeness mindset, and it will naturally lead to new spiritual disciplines and more spiritual health that you actually want. Your breakthrough in Christ has already been fulfilled. The wholeness and oneness with God are fulfilled. There is never any distance or separation. His grace works within us for our benefit. The Lord is satisfied with you. He says, I'm satisfied with you how you are. You see, we can start being a disciple for Jesus wherever we are, right? We're getting back to what we're talking about, right? Start, starting where you are. Some of the strongest Christians I know have battled with or are currently battling with depression and anxiety. And I've openly talked to them about it. Despite our struggles in this life, the Lord expects us to be lights for him, to be lights in the world. That doesn't mean it will be easy or that you shouldn't feel the way you do. It just means that through our lowest points and weaknesses, the Lord can still work through us if we allow him. There is actually an example of this with Paul. Um, Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 12, verses 8 through 10, Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me, the thorn in his side. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. This is just an example that the Lord can work through all of us, despite where we think we are. You know, this, this, this Greek word thorn that they use here translates out whenever you find it back in the original language. It's like this Roman spear torture weapon. And so that's just to convey the type of pain that this thorn in Paul's flesh caused him, whether it was physical, spiritual, or mental, we don't know. But Paul, look at all the great things Paul still did despite this. I'm sure there were times Paul was super anxious and, and maybe even at times depressed, right? Because, you know, he was beaten for his faith and he was left for dead. He, shipwreck, he was shipwrecked a couple of times, right? He was thrown in prisons. You know, I'm sure it came and I'm sure it happened to him. Um, I think of, of examples of like Jeremiah, Isaiah, Job, Jonah, you know, all these different 
strong biblical characters that we look at that experienced very hard times, but God still used them despite maybe some of their weaknesses, quote-unquote. So whatever it is that you're going through, whether it is, whether it's anxiety and depression, whether it's uh, some type of sin that you just can't seem to shake, whatever it is, just start where you are. Start in realizing that once you become a Christian, your identity is already in Him. You just have to pursue that. It doesn't mean you have to fight for His love because He already loves you. It just means recognizing, getting ourselves to recognize that God does love us. And then once we accept that, you know, that God does love us and that He's there for us no matter what, it can allow us to accept where we are and to move forward. And then eventually, maybe you overcome your anxiety and depression or whatever your trial is. Or maybe, maybe the more realistic thing is just you at least learn how you can work through it. And the best thing for you that can help you is Christ. Because Christ already loves you and is there for you and accepts you. So, as we wrap up this episode of Thursday Thoughts, again, just please reach out with any questions or concerns. Um, I hope this finds you well. And again, just start where you are. God can use you however you are and wherever you are. God bless, guys.